Hello, this is Sean Dixon, and I'm here with Brian Patterson and John Gonzalez. We are each returned mission presidents for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and this is the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast. We are here to help prepare you to become successful Preach My Gospel missionaries and lifelong disciples of Jesus Christ. In each episode, we explore powerful concepts from every chapter in Preach My Gospel. We will talk to return missionaries and others about their experiences and insights. You can even use this podcast to get institute credit. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast. We hope you're all doing great. Today, what we thought we would do is, is just sit back and, and listen to the words of our current prophets, seers, and revelators, and also other general officers of the church, and what they have been saying about sharing the gospel. There's so much to be learned from these incredible leaders. So find yourself a comfortable spot, get yourself a snack, and let's, let's listen and see what we can glean from, from these great leaders. President Russell M. Nelson, our beloved prophet, has profoundly emphasized our unique responsibility is to help gather scattered Israel and prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Father of our spirits desires his his children to be safely gathered home. Our Heavenly Father's plan for safely gathering his children to our heavenly home is not based on worldly success, economic status, education, race, or gender. Father's plan is based on righteousness, keeping his commandments, and receiving sacred ordinances and honoring the covenants we make. The divinely inspired doctrine that we are all brothers and sisters and all are alike unto God underlies this great work of gathering. This doctrine accords with those who deeply desire for people of diverse economic and racial status to experience better lives. We applaud and join in such efforts. Moreover, we desire for all of God's children to come unto Him and receive the eternal blessings He offers through His gospel. In the Lord's preface to the Doctrine and Covenants, He declares, Hearken ye people from afar, and ye that are upon the islands of the sea, listen together. President Nelson has continuously emphasized that the gathering of Israel is the greatest challenge, cause, and work on the earth today. Sister Bonnie H. Corden, uh, just released as the General Young Women's President in this last General Conference, just gave a really powerful statement in her talk, never give up an opportunity to testify of Christ. There is power in making these holy habits less of a checklist and more of a witness. The process will be gradual, but will grow with daily active participation and purposeful experiences with Christ. As we consistently act on His teaching, we gain a testimony of Him. We build a relationship with Him and our Heavenly Father. We begin to become like them. The adversary creates so much noise that it can be difficult to hear the Lord's voice. Our world, our challenges, our circumstances will not get quieter, but we can 
and must hunger and thirst after the things of Christ to hear him with clarity. We'll want to create muscle memory of discipleship and testimony that will bring into focus our reliance on our Savior each day. My father's been gone for 11 years now, but his words are alive in me. Bonnie, never give up an opportunity to testify of Christ. I invite you to join me in accepting his invitation to look for Christ everywhere. I promise he is there. True joy rests on our willingness to come closer to Christ and witness for ourselves. Oh, I, lo- I love this clip from uh, Elder uh, Rasband. Uh, years and years ago, back in the 80s, there was this big push from President Benson to flood the earth with the Book of Mormon. And that was a major push in the church. And then we didn't really hear it said that way. But, you know, just in this recent conference, Elder Rasband comes back and he says it again. Like, this, we know that the Book of Mormon is the instrument of the harvest. It's the tool that the Lord has designed to gather Israel. And I, I just remember listening to Elder Rasband say it, and it just gave me chills, especially the ease of of sharing a copy of the Book of Mormon with somebody uh, just by through the app. You know? if, if you look at the statistics over the years of church growth, that period of time when President Benson was pushing our efforts to use the Book of Mormon and flood the earth, you show a spike in the, the church growth. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll see the same with Elder Rasband's as because it is the instrument of the harvest. Pressing upon me this day is the importance of renewing our commitment to the Book of Mormon, which Joseph Smith called the most correct of any book on earth. This day, one of the greatest missionaries of the Book of Mormon is President Russell M. Nelson. When he was a newly called apostle, he was giving a lecture in Accra, Ghana. In attendance were dignitaries, including an African tribal king, with whom he spoke through an interpreter. The king was a serious student of the Bible and loved the Lord. Following his remarks, he was approached by that king who asked in perfect English, Just who are you? President Nelson explained he was an ordained apostle of Jesus Christ. The king's next question was, What can you teach me about Jesus Christ? President Nelson reached for the Book of Mormon and opened it to 3 Nephi chapter 11. Together, President Nelson and the king read the Savior's sermon to the Nephites. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, whom the prophets testified shall come into the world. I am the light and the life of the world. President Nelson presented the king with that copy of the Book of Mormon, and the king responded, You could have given me diamonds or rubies, but nothing is more precious to me than this additional knowledge about the Lord Jesus Christ. The truths of the Book of Mormon, President Nelson said, have the power to heal, comfort, restore, succor, strengthen, console, and cheer our souls. 
I have watched as these copies of the Book of Mormon have been clutched in the hands of those who have received them from our prophet of God. There could be no greater gift. Our living prophet is doing his part to flood the earth with the Book of Mormon, but he cannot open the floodgates alone. We must follow his lead. I invite you this day to give a Book of Mormon to your friends and family, associates at work, your soccer coach, or the produce man at your market. They need the words of the Lord found in this book. They need answers to the questions of everyday life and of eternal life to come. They need to know of the covenant path laid out before them and the Lord's abiding love for them. It's all here in the Book of Mormon. When you hand them a Book of Mormon, you are opening their minds and hearts to the Word of God. You do not need to carry printed copies of the book with you. You can easily share it from your mo mobile phone from the scriptures section of the Gospel Library app. Think of all those who could be blessed by the gospel in their lives and then send to them a copy of the Book of Mormon from your phone. Remember to include your testimony and how this book has blessed your life. My dear friends, as an apostle of the Lord, I invite you to follow our beloved prophet, President Nelson, in flooding the earth with the Book of Mormon. The need is so great. We need to act now. I promise you will be participating in the greatest work on earth, the gathering of Israel, as you are inspired to reach out to those who have been kept from the truth because they know not where to find it. They need your testimony and witness of how this book has changed your life and drawn you closer to God, His peace and His tidings of great joy. I testify that by divine design, the Book of Mormon was prepared in ancient America to come forth to declare God's word, to bring souls to the Lord Jesus Christ and His restored gospel this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Here are a, a couple of other clips from the brethren that are very powerful. My prayer at this Easter season is that we will more consciously shape, strengthen, and secure this preeminent thought of Jesus Christ in the chambers of our soul, allowing, us to, allowing it to eagerly flow into our mind, guiding us in what we think and do, and continually bringing the sweet joy of the Savior's love. Filling our mind with the power of Jesus Christ does not mean that he, that he is the only thought we have, but it does mean that all our thoughts are circumscribed in His love, His life and teachings, and His atoning sacrifice and glorious resurrection. Jesus is never in a forgotten corner. 
because our thoughts of him are always present and all that is in us adores him. We pray and rehearse in our mind experiences that have brought us closer to him. We welcome into our mind divine images, holy scriptures, and inspired hymns to gently cushion the countless daily thoughts rushing through our busy lives. Our love for him does not shield us from the sadness and sorrow in this mortal life, but it allows us to walk through the challenges with a strength far beyond our own. Jesus, the very thought of thee with sweetness fills my breast, but sweeter far thy face to see and in thy presence rest. The Lord Jesus Christ extends to each of us the invitation to abide in him. But how do we actually learn and come to abide in him? The word abide denotes remaining fixed or stable and enduring without yielding. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland explained that abiding as an action means, quote, to stay, but to stay forever. That is the call of the gospel message to everyone in the world. Come, but come to remain. Come with conviction and endurance. Come permanently for your sake and the sake of all the generations who must follow you." Close quote. Thus, we abide in Christ as we are firm and steadfast in our devotion to the Redeemer and His holy purposes in times both good and bad. We begin, to ex we begin to abide in the Lord by exercising our moral agency to take upon ourselves His yoke through the covenants and ordinances of the restored gospel. The covenant connection we have with our Heavenly Father and His resurrected and living Son is the supernal source of perspective, hope, power, peace, and enduring joy. It also is the rock-solid foundation upon which we should build our lives. We abide in Him by striving continually to strengthen our individual covenant bond with the Father and the Son. For example, praying sincerely to the Eternal Father in the name of His beloved Son deepens and fortifies our covenant connection with them. We abide in Him by truly feasting upon the words of Christ. The Savior's doctrine draws us as children of the covenant closer to Him and will tell us all things what we should do. We abide in Him by preparing earnestly to participate in the ordinance of the sacrament, reviewing and reflecting on our covenant promises and repenting sincerely. Worthily partaking of the sacrament is a witness to God that we are willing to take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ and strive to always remember Him after the brief period of time required to participate in that sacred ordinance. And we abide in Him by serving God as we serve His children and minister to our brothers and sisters. The Savior said, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. 
I briefly have described several of the many ways we can abide in the Savior, and I now invite each of us as His disciples to ask, seek, knock, and learn for ourselves by the power of the Holy Ghost other meaningful ways we can make Christ the center of our lives in all that we do. Uh, several years ago, Elder Bednar addressed the members of the church at a special conference held at BYU where he talked about sweeping the earth um, through social media and other aspects, through technology and how to use technology to share the gospel. And I think it was at a time when people were pretty, pretty scared about using technology because of all the dangers of it and things like that. And he just really addresses that. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy hearing his words and his vision of what could happen if we use this incredible instrument the Lord's given. And think about that he said this several years ago before our efforts yeah. now and, oh, and yeah. what's happening now. Yeah, just look at the prophetic <laughs> nature of this. And I think talks like this really kind of pave the way for the church to be ready to give missionaries um, you know, smartphones and things like that. Absolutely. It's, it's the confidence of Elder Bednar and President Nelson who just saw beyond the worries and and just gave us a prophetic vision of what could be if we multiplied our voices over the internet. Right. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Susan and I are grateful to worship together with you in this Brigham Young University Education Week devotional. In 2009, I delivered a message to the young adults of the church entitled, Things As They Really Are and discuss the spiritual potential and pitfalls of various technologies in our modern world. My remarks today build upon and extend that previous message. We are blessed to live, learn, and serve in this most remarkable dispensation. An important aspect of the fullness that is available to us in this special season is a miraculous progression of innovations and inventions that have enabled and accelerated the work of salvation. Messages and pictures that used to require days, weeks, and months to send and receive now can be communicated around the world in seconds. Social media channels are global tools that can personally and positively impact large numbers of individuals and families. And we do not need to spend inordinate amounts of time creating and disseminating elaborate messages. We and our messages should be authentic, rather than to argue, debate, condemn, or belittle. Edify and uplift. Be courageous and bold, but not overbearing. Following these simple guidelines will enable members of the church around the world to create and share messages that will cause the light to shine forth out of darkness. I invoke this blessing upon you, that you may have eyes to see clearly both the possibilities and the pitfalls, that you may increase in your capacity to use these inspired tools appropriately. Brothers and sisters, what has been accomplished thus far in this dispensation Communicating gospel messages through social media channels is a good beginning, but only a small trickle. Beginning at this place on this day, I exhort you to sweep the earth with messages 
filled with righteousness and truth, messages that are authentic, edifying, and praiseworthy, and literally to sweep the earth as with a flood. You know, there was a one-two punch in the April 2022 conference where President Nelson addressed us as members of the church. And then following his remarks, President Ballard talked about the experience of his missionary service. So I think just listening to several clips of them back-to-back is a powerful motivator for all of us. Prophets have foreseen our day when there would be wars and rumors of wars and when the whole earth would be in commotion. Brothers and sisters, the gospel of Jesus Christ has never been needed more than it is today. Contention violates everything the Savior stood for and taught. I love the Lord Jesus Christ and testify that his gospel is the only enduring solution for peace. His gospel is a gospel of peace. His gospel is the only answer when many in the world are stunned with fear. This underscores the urgent need for us to follow the Lord's instructions to his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We have the sacred responsibility to share the power and peace of Jesus Christ with all who will listen and who will let God prevail in their lives. Every person who has made covenants with God has promised to care about others and serve those in need. We can demonstrate faith in God and always be ready to respond to those who ask about the hope that is in us. Each of us has a role to play in the gathering of Israel. Today, I reaffirm strongly that the Lord has asked every worthy, able young man to prepare for and serve a mission. For Latter-day Saint young men, missionary service is a priesthood responsibility. You young men have been reserved for this time when the promised gathering of Israel is taking place. As you serve missions, you play a pivotal role in this unprecedented event. For you young and able sisters, a mission is also a powerful but optional opportunity. We love sister missionaries and welcome them wholeheartedly. What they contribute in this work is magnificent. Pray to know if the Lord would have you serve a mission, and the Holy Ghost will respond to your heart and mind. Dear young friends, you are each vital to the Lord. He has held you in reserve until now to help gather Israel. Your decision to serve a mission, whether a proselyting or a service mission, will bless you and many others 
We also welcome senior couples to serve when their circumstances permit. Their efforts are simply irreplaceable. All missionaries teach and testify of the Savior. The spiritual darkness in the world makes the light of Jesus Christ needed more than ever. Everyone deserves the chance to know about the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Every person deserves to know where they can find the hope and peace that passes all, under, uh, all understanding. May you seek and receive personal revelation. I pray in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As I look back over my life, uh, I've been able to see certain experiences that made a significant difference. One of those experiences is how my full-time missionary service as a young man in England blessed my life and shaped my spiritual destiny. My missionary service prepared me to be a better husband and father and to be successful in business. I also prepared me for a lifetime of service in the Lord's Church. Of all the, the training I have received in my church assignments, none has been more important to me than the training I received as a 19-year-old elder serving a full-time mission. The Lord knows you when you are seen serving your mission, you will uh, have experiences that will help you come to know Him better. You'll grow spiritually in serving Him. In His name, you'll be sent on errands to serve others. He will give you experiences with promptings of the Holy Ghost. The Lord will authorize you to teach in His name. You can show Him that He can trust you and can rely on you. As an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, I call upon you, young men, and those young women who desire to serve a mission to begin right now to talk with your parents about serving a mission. I also invite you to talk with your friends about serving a mission. And if one of your friends is not sure about serving, encourage him to talk with his bishop. Commit yourselves and to your Heavenly Father that you will serve a mission and that from this time forward you'll strive to keep your hearts, hands, and minds clean and worthy. I invite you to gain a solid testimony of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that you young men and the young women and your parents will see and know how missionary service will bless forever 
your life. May you know in your minds and feel in your hearts the power of the invitation of the Lord that he gave to the great missionary sons of Mosiah. He said, Go forth and establish my word. Yea, ye shall be patient in long-suffering and afflictions, that ye may show forth good example in me, and I will make an instrument of thee in my hands unto the salvation of many souls. One thing, if, if any of you have just been going back and, and looking at all of the talks that President Nelson has given since he's been prophet, you'll notice that to each different group of the church, he is expressing his feelings about the gathering of Israel. So in, in the next clip, we're just going to highlight, uh, let you hear what he said to the youth, what he said to the women of the church, what he said to the general church, and just kind of get a feel for how he's trying to get this message out so clearly across the board. And the Lord is hastening his work to gather Israel. That gathering is the most important thing taking place on earth today. Nothing else compares in magnitude. Nothing else compares in importance. Nothing else compares in majesty. And if you choose to, if you want to, you can be a big part of it. You can be a big part of something big something grand, something majestic. When we speak of the gathering, we are simply saying this fundamental truth. Every one of our Heavenly Father's children on both sides of the veil deserves to hear the message of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Tonight, we want you to know that the gathering of Israel ultimately means offering the gospel of Jesus Christ to God's children on both sides of the veil. Children who have neither made crucial covenants with God nor received their essential ordinances. Anytime you do anything that helps anyone on either side of the veil take a step toward making covenants with God and receiving their essential baptismal and temple ordinances, you are helping to gather Israel. It is as simple as that. You remember last June, Sister Nelson and I spoke to the youth of the church. We invited them to enlist in the Lord's Youth Battalion to help gather Israel on both sides of the veil. This gathering is the greatest challenge and the greatest cause and the greatest work on earth today. It is a cause that desperately needs women because women shape the future. So tonight I'm extending a prophetic plea to you, the women of the church, to shape the future by helping to gather scattered Israel. Our message to the world is simple and sincere. We invite all of God's children on both sides of the veil to come unto their Savior Receive the blessings of the Holy Temple. Have enduring joy and qualify for eternal life.
You know, John and Brian, there's a lot that you and I could say about missionary work, having been mission leaders and kind of been involved with this. And there's a lot we have said, but what we say definitely pales in comparison to prophets, seers, and revelators and the general officers of the church. These are the people the Lord has designated to speak on behalf of him. And the rest of us out there on the radio waves or whatever, we, we're interpreting, we're telling our experiences, but, but these words... These words come from prophets, whether by my own voice or by my voice or by the voice of my servants, it is the same. And so we hope that you will all will soak in these words and really think about how you can apply them, internalize them as you either prepare to serve a full-time mission or as you are home from mission, considering how to continue to be a missionary, or if you're just a, a member missionary in any sense, uh, I think these words hopefully will inspire us to, to the next step of action as we all seek to gather Israel. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast and that it helps you in your study of Preach My Gospel and preparing you for your mission. Please join us for our next episode. And if you feel this podcast might be helpful to others preparing to serve a mission, please invite them to join us on our journey through and discovery of Preach My Gospel. For more information on how to get Institute credit for this podcast and other offerings by the Utah Valley Institute of Religion, please visit utahvalleyinstitute.com. You may also find us on Instagram at Preach My Gospel Podcast. Feel free to send questions or comments to Preach My Gospel Podcast at gmail.com. The Preach My Gospel Mission Prep Podcast is produced with the permission of the Utah Valley Institute of Religion. The hosts are expressing their personal views based on their own experiences, applying the principles of Preach My Gospel, and accept full responsibility for the content in these podcast episodes.